Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. The glory and the honor. I thank you for your word, your will, your purpose, and your plan for this house. I thank you for everything that you're doing, for what you're about to do. I ask you today, God, to allow your spirit to have free course in this house. For every person that you sent here today, let them hear your word and your truth. Give them patience, dear God, so that they won't be in a hurry. They won't be in a rush. But that word will go in and touch the area of their life that needs it, Father. I pray that they'll be able to see themselves, dear God, and understand that you are speaking to them and even through them, that you're preparing them for something that they cannot handle right now. Father, I thank you for it. And I praise you, God, as I continue to teach on seasons, dear God, that the people, your people, will see themselves flowing through each season in their life. And they'll not only see themselves, but they'll understand what they must do in order, dear God, to get the best out of each season. We thank you for it, and we praise you, and we give you the glory, the honor, and the thanks. And I pray now that you hide me from me, that you give me the words that will bring life to your people. And I give you all the praise, the glory, the honor, and the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Again, we're going to be teaching on seasons today. Last week, we talked about the winter season, and today we're going to get into the spring season. Now, there's enough stuff for me to talk about in the winter that I can go on a couple more sessions on it, but I want to make sure that I can, can move things along, but just give you an understanding of each season so that you won't freak out when you go through things. Winter season when we most come to God. And I start this message off with the winter season because it's the first season that we go through on the calendar uh, in January. We're midway through the winter season. Winter season picks up in December and goes on to February. So we're midway through when we talk about winter. Most of us come to God in our winter season, meaning when things are tough in our life, when th things are not producing. We know that there's a higher source and there's a higher power. And we end up coming to God when things go awry in our life, when things are messed up, tore up and we're str struggling to survive. We go through those things at that point in time, but God is so gracious and so loving that he meets you where you are. He was not, everybody else watch in your winter season, they don't want to hear about what you're dealing with. They're dealing with their own stuff. They don't feel sorry for you long because they're feeling sorry for you know, themselves. And so during the winter season is a time when you have to understand what God is doing and what God is saying. In your winter season, nothing is just like in the natural. Nothing's producing. Everything is, de is dead, is dormant, and something decaying. Okay? Even the uh, plant life is, is going into dormancy. All the bugs and all the insects, they're hiding out or dying out. Okay? So and that's in the natural. In the spiritual realm, the same thing is happening in your life. God says a hard winter to most of you all because you've been stubborn and won't listen to him. And therefore, your trials and your temptations are so hard because you won't pay attention. And what God has to do is blow on your life. And he allows that one to come into your life because he has to straighten some things out. He has to get you on your knees where you're going to talk to him and him alone. Sometimes you go into your winter and you still have mama and daddy. You still have your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your wife. You have other people that you can pull on. And God will keep allowing that thing to get so hard that they fade away. Why? Because he's the only somebody that's going to be God in your life. And at some point, you're going to have to acknowledge who is God. Because he is a jealous God. He's not going to have anybody else before him. And at some point, young people, y'all ain't going to be able to go to mom and dad to get you out of stuff. You're going to be able to call on them, and they will not be able to help you. Because at some point, you're going to have to acknowledge who God is. So that's your winter season in your life. And yes, just like there are insects that be eating on you in the summertime, God goes through a hard winter to try to kill some of those insects off so that you can survive. Well, in your winter, there are some insects that are pulling on you. Family members, people who say they love you, people who say they're your best friend, they're leeches. And God sends you through a winter so that you can see that they were leeches. Because when you start going through your hard time, where are they then? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for the winter, you wouldn't know that they were leeches. When your ends break off and your ends dry up, then you find out where they are. They were just leeching on you. They were just getting what you had. 
And God, you mad at God because you're going through this hard time. God said, no, you need the hard time. David said, it was good that I was afflicted. For you taught me your truth. You taught me your precepts. You taught me your ways. So when God takes you through a winter, he's going to teach you his ways. And if you don't learn, then whatever does not die in the winter will reproduce itself in the spring. There's some plants that we have that we, that we know that they're going to go into dormancy. When we plant them out, they're beautiful. In the wintertime, they go dormant. And we cut the old dead stuff off. Why? Because we know we leave that root in there, they're going to come right back up during the spring. That's what some of you all are doing. You're leaving the, these wild grasses in your life. Rather than digging them up and getting rid of it, what wild grass? Bitterness is one of them. Bitterness is a stubborn root that has to be dug up from the root. You just can't cut it down. you got to get the root out. Some of you all are still bitter. And in your springtime, it blossoms back in your life. Oh, it looks beautiful, but it's defiling everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Am I too deep? Sometimes I can get too deep. All right, I don't want to be deep. I want to be where you can hear and understand and apply wisdom. All right, get an understanding. All that getting, get an understanding. You can get excited in here. You can get emotional in here, but get some understanding. Amen? Because when you walk out these doors, I'm not going to be with you. I plan on going into my spring, my summer, and my fall. I don't plan to stay in winter alone. I still have some winter, but they ain't near as hard as they used to be because of my obedience to God. My winters don't be long. Amen? And your winters don't have to be long. God is in control of winters. He's in control of all seasons. So I don't have to go through a winter long. My winters are short. Thank God. Hallelujah. <laughs> and don't get mad at me because my one is shorter than yours. God has no respect to persons. If he's short my one, he can shorten yours. And the way he's shorter is through obedience. I plan on eating the good of the land. That's my plan. And I go back to what God said and tie God into it. And God, you said in your word that if I'm willing and obedient... I would eat the good of the land. So I'm expecting things to happen in my life. So much so that you might get jealous. But only reason you get jealous because that root of bitterness is in you. You're not liking what I'm doing. But you can do it too. So today what we're going to do is a quick review of some of the things that I just said and some of the things I talked about last week just to bring you up on where we are and where we're headed on today. All right. There are different types of seasons that we go through. Okay? Different types of seasons that we go through that you understand as we continue to uh, go our way through it. Not all seasons are weather-related. Just because it's the wintertime outside does not mean it's wintertime in your life. It could be spring outside right now, and some of you are right now still going through wintertime with nothing's producing in your life right now, nothing's going right in your life right now. And it could coincide with that springtime. So if it's spring now and you're springing up and, you, and things are going good in your life, this is the springtime. But you need to know what to do in your season in order to reap from the next season. All right, season can be seen in four ways, natural, temptation, physical, and spiritual. There's a season of temptation that comes into your life. The Bible said that Jesus was in the world he was tempted, and then when he got through with the temptation, the devil left him what? For a season, meaning he's going to come back and tempt him again. Some of you all, your lives are in season like that. You're being tempted. You know when temptation is coming. You can tell it. You know, mm, around this time of the year, I always act a fool. Mm. Some of you right now, you know at this time of the year, I always do something stupid. That's the season where the enemy is coming into your life to tempt you. And if you don't ever pass that test, then that's going to always be your season. As a matter of fact, it will get worse. You ever know that you can do good for a while? Then all of a sudden it changes. Some of y'all season is not every quarter. Some of y'all season is every week, every month. The devil can take you at will. He just come into your life. Am I talking too fast? All right. So there's seasonal temptation, a physical season that you go through. Where you grow. David said when uh, 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 Paul said when I was a child, I did as a child. But when I became a man, I put those childish things away. Some of y'all hadn't grown up in it. Physically, you have grown up, you look like a man, but inside you are still a boy. You take your ball and run home when things are not going the way you want to. If I can't play, can't nobody play. Get my ball, I'm going home. Physically, you're not growing in it. All right? And there's a spiritual season where we go through. We're going to be dealing with a lot of that. All right. How we conduct ourselves in each season will determine the outcome. 
or how we remain in that season. Listen to this good. How we conduct ourselves in each season will determine the outcome or how we remain in that season, how long we remain in that season. What you do, if you're in your winter season, and guess what? You still complain about how bad things are. That's how bad things are going to be. You're going to have to change your confession in order to possess something better. You're going to find out today when we're dealing with springtime, that's a time of sowing. And what you're sowing is what you will reap. So if times are hard for you right now, you got to change your mindset. you got to start calling those things that be not as though they were because God gave you the ability to act like God. He created you to act like him. So when God stepped up on the scene and things went the way he wanted, the earth was void and full of darkness, God said, oh, it's so dark out here. I don't know what I'm going to do. No, God didn't say that. God stepped up on the scene and he said, let there be light. He didn't, dig, he didn't get depressed because the world was going through depression. He spoke what he wanted, and guess what? The Bible said, and there was light. So some of you who are going through some hard times right now, you can't keep telling everybody how bad it is for you. You got to change your confession. I start speaking what you wanted out of life. You know, I'm blessed, and I'm highly favored. I have angels waiting on me. They do my bidding for me. I have favor. I walk in divine favor. You have to start saying it. Plant those seeds if you're going to have it. All right, let's keep going. All right, you can get stuck in a season. This is when your mind and body refuse to accept change. That's what I told you about sometimes. I see some people stuck in a season. I see some people who are still, they're they stuck in a season of their life. They, they can't grow up. They're Toys R Us kids. They don't want to grow up. Yeah. And you're stuck in that season. You ought to be doing things differently, but you're still acting like a child. And nobody want to be around a grown man who, who pouting all the time. <laughs> Shut up. Grow up. Get a grip on life and do something. Stop telling me that ain't nobody the man keeping me down. No, you're keeping yourself down. Anyway, I'll leave that one alone. All right. And remember that God's in control of all seasons. Every season you go through, God's in control, whether it's physical, temptations, or whatever. God is in control of every season in your life. So if I were you, I, take, I, I would take my advice that I'm giving you right now. Get close to God. All right? Get close to God because he is in control of your season. And God loves you, and he can be able to do what? Shorten that season for you or change it around. So today what we're going to do is go into our spring season. And we're going to be talking about the spring season of our life. And springtime is a time of cleaning. It's a time of getting yourself together. How many of you all ever... When I grew up in the country, my mom had what we call spring cleaning. How many of y'all remember spring cleaning? Well, you hated that time. You was out of school, you were thinking about relaxing, thinking about getting yourself together. And here come mama talking about getting up that early. Ain't no school buses running. Mama, why I got to get up? Because it's spring cleaning. It's time for me to clear out some of this clutter. It's time for me to get rid of some of this mess that's been in our life. Spring cleaning is a time to clean out clutter. Your house, both your natural and your spiritual house. Okay, so if you're going to clean out your natural house and get some of this stuff out, some of you all right now, your houses need to be spring clean. Mm -hmm. You got some stuff in your house you need to get out. You're not wearing it no more. You can't fit it no more. It don't fit you no more. Okay, so there's some stuff that you need to let go of and get out and bless somebody else with it. Mm -hmm. Have your garage sale. All right. Well, spiritually, you need to do the same thing. You got some clutter that's been carried over through the winter, and you need to get it out. You're not going to go there no more. You're not going to do that no more. You're not going to smoke that no more. You're not going to call them no more. You're not going to be a late-night stand for them no more. Uh-huh. You understand? Clear out the clutter because it's going to try to find root in your life. You understand? You hear me? I know you don't like it, but do you hear me? Okay. All right. So if I just got to tell you the truth, I just got to tell you the truth. You know, that's what I've been commissioned to do, to tell you the truth. There's no way I can repair you without putting some pain on you. Now, I can knock you out with this love I've got, but I've got to operate. And I love you, right? All right. Watch this. Springtime is filled with hope, excitement, renewal, a time for planning. When the springtime comes, I mean, it's exciting. Remember when you were, when you were depressed and how you were going through your winter? 
And when things turn around, you got excited again. It's like, wow, you know, I'm so glad this is over. I thank God for it's over. That's what God's trying to get you to understand as you go through seasons in your life. When you come through a winter, there's definitely spring to follow. So all you who are going through some winter times right now, what's the next season on your calendar? Spring. So you can rejoice in all this mess that you're going through because spring is around the corner. Things going to come back together for you. It's going to work out, all right? Springtime gives us promise that, that summertime is bound to keep. I have a promise from the Lord, and I'm going to be excited about enjoying my life, laying back, having my rest, and being comfortable in him. In him I live, I move, and I have my being. I'm excited about being in God. So springtime is going to be a promise. The seed that you're planting is a promise that summer will keep for you. Next thing about springtime is when, you are, uh, when the land awakens and everything is getting a fresh start. How many of you need a fresh start in your life? Uh-huh. God, I just need a fresh start. God, I need to get over him. <laughs> God, I need to get delivered from her. God, I need to get out for this. God, I need to put that aside. Fresh start. Most of you all in here right now don't realize it, but a fresh start would change everything about your life. When golf, you're playing golf, you call it a mulligan. It's a do-over. And God's the type of God that would give you a do-over. Oh, you don't hear this. It's a good time to know that during this time, all has been forgiven. I don't care how big of a fool you act. I don't care how, how low down you've been. During your springtime, it's a fresh start. And God said, you know what? All is forgiven. I don't care how big of a fool you were, how big of a homonger you were, God said, it's forgiven. It's forgiven. All the hurt that you caused, all the pain that you endured, God says, it's forgiven. That's when things are coming again, God giving you a chance to plant. It's a time to get your what? Your bounce back. Yes, yeah, I put that down there because I know that'll bring a smile to most of your faces, all right? I get my bounce back. You know, you stellar, you get your groove back, whatever it is. Now you need to leave your groove alone. That the groove might have should have died off in this winter time. All right. But remember, when you're getting your bounce back and everything's going good in your spring season, don't you forget the God who brought you out. You better not forget who brought you through that winter season, who's now producing a spring in your life. He said, Lest I forget the God who brought you out. Because what you don't understand is that during this time of a springtime is a time of sowing. You are sowing in your life. And you've got to be careful what you sow. Girl, I'm out of that water. Woo, thing was so bad, but that's all right. I got it now. I'm going to cut my hair. I'm going to get myself together, put a little dye here, and I'm going to lay it to the side. And I'm going to do my own thing. You better watch out. I'm sowing some seeds. Better be careful. They want me to move on. All right, I got it. <laughs> Remember from last week's teaching, whatever does not die in the winter will reproduce during the spring. Okay? Just because it's a fresh start, don't plant them old seeds. Don't continue to be your own old self. You got a fresh start. I mean, what would your life be like if you could do it all over again? That's what spring is. Giving you a chance to do it over again, to get it right with him. And him mean God. All right? So that's why God in his wisdom sent hard winners, to kill off and get rid of some of the mess that's in your life. Makes sense, doesn't it? You cried about going through it. You wanted, you won't get mad at God. You want to quit on God. But God said, this you got to go through. This you must endure. Mm -hmm. Because if I can get you tired of it, you can bury it. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll leave that alone. He knows what's happening in those, uh, if those roots of bitterness continue to grow in your spirit. It can damage and cause problems in your life. That's why God allows the sinner to become so the one to become so hard in your life. What I want to do now is because of the springtime, it's a time of sowing, I want to talk about how we sow and what we sow. All right? So 
what we're sowing are seeds. Okay? The seeds that we sow, everything is in the seed. Listen to me good. Everything is in the seed. Whatever that seed needs to produce is within it. You hear me? Whatever needs to happen, whatever that potential is in that seed, that's what's going to happen in your life. You understand this? Every seed will produce after its kind, according to Genesis. If you sow some seeds of discord, guess what's going to come in your life? Discord. You sow seeds of hatred, guess what's going to come in your life? Hatred. If you sow seeds of love, what's going to come in your life? Love. You understand this? You're getting there. All right. You must be careful what you sow because you will definitely reap a harvest. Whether it's good wheat or bad. Whether it's good or bad, not good wheat. Good wheat, but anyway. (laughs) I guess the good wheat is kind of the cannabis and stuff like that. That's not good wheat. That's bad. All weeds are bad. You don't want weeds growing up in your harvest. Amen. Anyway, where that came from. All right. So seeds hold the potential for a greater harvest. Understand that. You don't just plant one seed and get one ear of corn. Mm -mm. That one seed is going to produce that stalk. That stalk is going to have at least three ears on it. Those ears are going to have hundreds of seeds. So don't expect to plant something little and get back that little old thing that you planted. It has a potential of being something much greater than what you anticipated. All right? You understand that? Now, all these things are foundational stuff that I'm getting ready to show you so that you can understand how important it is to look at your springtime and look at the seeds that you're sowing during your springtime. Because you can have what you, what you say. Am I giving you too much information? Now, I can break this down and I can put it into 20 messages. All right. Some seeds can live a long time before germination, while others can only survive for a short period after spreading before they die. What am I saying? There are some seeds that you plant that can live a long time before they start to germinate. There are some things that you do may not show up in your life until years on down the road. You hear me? Don't underestimate a seed. And I Googled this when I was looking up seeds. And I looked at that and said, wow, that's awesome. That's a revelation. Just because you plant today does not mean it's going to produce this summer. It may be five summers down the road. Some of you all are going through some hell right now because you plant some hell seeds later on uh, earlier in your life. Okay. Well, Pastor, you're talking about this. I want you to understand that the seeds that God wants you to plant are from him, based on his word, based on his will. When he started giving a, a parable about what was going on, he was talking about they were sowing this and this was happening, that was happening. He came back and said, this is why I talked to you in Luke chapter 8, verse 10. He said unto them, unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. God said, I'm giving you an insight so that you can know how the kingdom of God operates. So when you get into a point in your life where it's a spring season in your life, you know how God's systems operate. This is how he says. But to others, I spoke to them in parables. That seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. Some people who are out there in the world or whatever don't understand what God's saying. When he's talking about sowing into your life, reaping and all this stuff, they don't understand that kind of stuff. But he said, to you, it was given to you so that you can understand. It's not a mystery to you no more. He said, so the word, now the parable is this. The seed is the what? Word of God. So when we're sowing, we've got to look at what we say as a seed based on God's word. You follow me? Since God's word is a seed, we've got to take God's word and plant it. Well, the enemy has also learned how God operates. And he understands, too, 
that if he can get you confessing some stuff, it could really mess up some stuff in your life. The enemy is trying to sow seeds in your life or weeds in your life, just like God's trying to plant his word in your life. The choice is going to be up to yours. Matthew chapter 13, verse 25. But that night, as the worker slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. The devil has people assigned to your life to plant seeds when you're not watching. When you're in your spring and you're trying to get your bounce back, that's when those weeds come back. Those people start hooking back up to you because things will start going a little bit better in your life. Your ends are starting to meet. Things are coming together. And those same friends come back and leech on you again. And not only leeching, but this time they come back with a mission. They be coming back now and they start speaking things into your life. And you have to watch that mess because those things that they're speaking in your life, they are seeds. Think about some of the people who said some negative stuff. Oh, you man, I don't see how you're going to get over this one. Man, I don't see how you're going to get out of that one. You know, when they start speaking that message into your life, those are seeds that they're sowing into your life. Mm-hmm. And God's word is true. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. 7, 8 to 9. Be not deceived. King James said, be not deceived. The New Translation said, be not mocked. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For that that you sow, you got to reap. Good or bad. Cute or ugly. If you sow it, you are going to reap it. For he that soweth to his flesh, to other flesh reap corruption. If you are sowing to make your flesh happy, it's going to cause some corruption to be released in your life. Why, God? Because this thing is not about you. This world has moved to a place of self-gratification. We want to be satisfied at whoever extent. And when you sow seeds to try to get yourself happy, Rather than being in obedience to God's word and God's will, there's some corruption that's going to come along with it. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. If I do things based on what God has in plan for my life and what God's doing in my life, I can enjoy my life. Some of you are not enjoying your life right now because you've been sowing seeds to make yourself happy more than make God happy. Is that plain? You understand? So you want to be happy, but your happiness is found in Christ Jesus, who is your life. And when your life appears, you appear in him, with him in glory. Amen? So let us not get weary well-doing. Don't give up because you know, I ain't going to never be able to enjoy myself. I ain't going to never be happy. No, don't give up. Don't quit. Keep sowing good seeds. Young people right now, I talk to the age of 18 to 24-year-olds, and you know what they're doing? They're trying to make themselves happy. They're sowing seeds to make them flesh, to make, you know, make their flesh excited, to, to look good, to smell good, to, to be good, to be there, all this stuff. And when it comes to the things of God, they alienate themselves from it. The Bible says, let's not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not, if we don't give up. Now, pastor, I hear this. I understand there's some seeds out there. I want to focus a little bit now on some bad seeds. Have anybody ever heard of the, the movie? Y'all ever saw the movie, The Bad Seed? When I was looking this up and I was Googling, I was trying to say, are there bad seeds? And I came across a rap group. I came across this. But this what I came about, Rhoda. How many of y'all remember Rhoda in The Bad Seed? Y'all ever watched that movie? Uh-huh. Rhoda was something there. She was a... a, a <laughs> A good, uh, Rhoda is a child raised by normal parents, but turned out to be pure evil. Rhoda was nothing nice. A bad seed. Well, how did Rhoda, and I asked my wife this question, even I was talking to her, like, how did Rhoda get to be so bad? 
said, hmm, can a child actually just be bad? I just got a bad little rascal. I just got, well, they, 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 they are, they came from a, you say what? They came from a what? Hold on. So Rhoda, let's talk about Rhoda. Not about your kids. But Rhoda, Rhoda came from a seed. And according to what we just said, let's bring it back to where we were. Every seed produced after its own kind. Ooh-wee. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor, I'm good. Well, the word says right there, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. Maybe you deceived. Maybe you think you got it all together, and you really don't have it all together like you thought you had it together. Maybe you planted some seeds way back then that are just now manifesting. Remember what I told you about a seed? Just because you planted it does not mean it's going to germinate right then and there. It may be years on down the line. That's why God wrote Exodus chapter 20. You must not bow down to them nor worship them. For the Lord your God, I'm a jealous God. I don't want nobody trying to beat my timing. And I don't want you to think that nobody could do you better than I'm doing you. Can't nobody outdo me when it comes to blessing you. He's saying, I'm jealous when you try to let somebody bless me the way I'm blessing you. He said, I am God, and I will not be outdone. I'm a jealous God. When you put somebody else before me thinking that they can take care of you better than I take care of you, not that he's jealous with what you got, because <laughs> what you got ain't nothing compared to who he is. But he's jealous when you put some other gods before him and try to go to them rather than come to him. What you talking about? When you go to mom and daddy every time you turn around, every time you get into a problem, God says, you know what, I'm jealous. Because you should be coming to me. That's too deep. All right, let me stay on this one. I'm a jealous God who will not, what, tolerate your affections for any other. I will not tolerate your affections for any other God. When you put somebody else before me and they become your source, I'm not going to tolerate it. I will bring them down. I'll tell you quick, don't make me your God. Mm-mm. Pastor King does not want to be your God. You hear me? So that you don't get it twisted. I don't have a heaven nor a hell to put you in. I cannot command the blessings to overtake your life. God does that. Amen? All right, so you won't tolerate nobody else being God in your life. Watch this. I lay the sins of the parents upon the children. Now, this is going to get heavy. The entire family is affected. Every child in the third, to, what, third and fourth generation of those who hate me? This seed is so powerful that it can wait four generations before it germinates. Yep. Your foolishness can go down, lay dormant in you, but come to this child and overlook it. Come to this child and overlook it, but tear this child's life apart. That's the potential of the seed. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And, and mama, you know what the devil does? He'll get you to water that seed. You just like your daddy. You ain't no good. You ain't going to never be about that. Bam! And that child is nothing. Not saying that you're the child. You just have to be on the end row. <laughs> you, you just have to be sitting on that seat. The point is, is that this generational thing has a power of a seed. 
Well, pastor, are there generational curses? There's a generational sin and a curse that must be broken. It's going to take some spiritual discipline to break it. That you do not have to be cursed. You the four generations, you don't have to be cursed. If you can apply some spiritual discipline, the curse will not come near you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be cursed. There are generational curses, but it does not have to hit you. If you apply spiritual discipline, it cannot. The curse causeless shall not come. You're going to have to open the door for it to come into your life. For you to be like your daddy or your crazy mama, you're going to have to open up that door so that curse can come after you. Or whatever you want to call them. I ain't talking about your mama and your daddy. All y'all want to leave now. He said, by my mama. No, no, I'm not talking like that. Let's get it straight. I'm not saying your mama was crazy and your daddy was whatever. I'm saying if you see some resemblance of your family in you, apply some spiritual discipline so that that seed cannot produce and manifest in your life. You do not have to deal with your daddy's demons. If I walk upright before him, he will withhold no good thing from me. All this is happening in your spring season. The devil knows that this is a planting season for you. You just came out of winter, and he knows you want to get your bounce back, your groove on. So he's playing chess. He's strategically trying to play some people in your life that's going to put some seeds in your life that's going to damage your crop. Trying to get you messed up before you can look up. Because when you come out of a winter, baby, hey, you know how it is. When everything's going good in your life, you don't really need God. Be honest with yourself. You don't pray like you used to pray. When, they, when you was in your winter, you were, oh, you were snotting in everything. You were looking ugly in the face. You were coming to church on Sunday and then on Wednesdays. You were listening to gospel music. You ain't talking all that crazy stuff on your radio. You got a close to God. Yeah, because winter was so hard, you put on your full armor. But as soon as that winter was over, you got to your spring, you got in your two-piece. You went from showing off to showing out. And we do that on God. When everything's going good, God, okay, you wait right here. I'll be back. I know where you are. You don't say it in your, in your, in your mouth, but your ways, you do it. And God knows that, yeah, you're going to go through your spring. You're gonna, that's all right, but the seeds you're sowing now, you forgot about me. That's all right. That's all right. Because when that fall comes, right after fall comes your winter. Springtime, you're just still enjoying yourself. Fall comes and you start getting a harvest. And some of your harvests start turning bad because you sow some bad seeds in your spring. And that harvest pushes you towards your winter. Your due season is not a good season. It's a bad season, and you cause to reap all the stuff that you sown. Some people just look like they're having bad time, bad time, bad time. Every season is bad. It's because you've been sowing so much bad seed. Yeah, I know you don't like this, but it's true. <laughs> Pastor, show me somebody to back this up. I will do it. Bad seeds from the Bible. David's son, Ammon, raped one of his daughters, Tamar. Then another one of his sons, Absalom, had Ammon, Ammon killed in revenge. Later, Absalom tried to take his father David's kingdom. But David was a good man after God's own heart. God called David the apple of his eye, a good man. But look at these bad kids. This dude raped his own sister. And this dude killed his brother because he raped his sister and then turned around and tried to take his daddy's kingdom away from him. Now, those some bad kids. Some bad seeds. Well, how did they get to be that way? How did they get to be that bad? Let me show you. Next verse. 
2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. Don't have to go far. In the spring, what time? In the spring of David's life. His springtime, when things are supposed to be good for him. He's supposed to be going out and getting victories. In the spring of that year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelites' army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonites' army and led siege to the city of Rabah. However, David stayed at home in Jerusalem. David, in his springtime, should have been doing what kings were supposed to do, but instead, David got relaxed and stayed at home. And when David stayed at home, he was getting back one evening and decided to get up off his bed, go out and look up on his rooftop, and there she was, Bathsheba. Watch this. The lion couldn't take David out. The bear couldn't defeat him. Goliath was no match for him. But Bathsheba. God, doggy. That woman got that what brought him to his knees. Caused him to sin against his God. David never put nobody before God but Bathsheba. And when did it happen? During the springtime. What seeds are you planting in your spring? What are you releasing? In your spring. Nathan came and told David, because you have sinned against God. The prophet Nathan said, you're going to have trouble in your household. He came to David and told him, David, what if this man had a sheep and this man had a hundred sheep and he took the only sheep that this man, David said, low down rascal, I'll have him killed. Nathan said, you the man. You pass judgment on everybody else, but you have your own issues. Just like you would judge somebody else, God said, now that's the judgment I'm going to put on you. You wrote your own check. Why? Because it's your season. You said it, and you're going to have it. So in your springtime, be careful. David, in his springtime, messed up. Not only did he mess up, he judged somebody else for their mess up. Because it was going so good for him, his people out there winning victories and gaining wars and getting the loot, all that stuff, David messed around and did something stupid because he got lax in his relationship with God. And when he messed up, he sowed seed. And not only did he sow seed, but when the prophet gave him a chance to come clean, he brought even worse things and pronounced something upon this man that became a seed for his generation. That's how those boys got to be so bad. Let that sink in. Those boys didn't go bad on their own. When you trace it back, David messed up in his spring season. He stayed behind when he should have been doing something. He got too lax. What is that telling you? You can get too lax in your spring season. You can get to a point where you let your guard down, where you get your wig did, where you let yourself go. Mm -hmm. In your spring season, you got to be careful, baby, because God is not mocked. He's nothing to be played with. Whatsoever you sow, you're going to reap. You start cussing folks out because things got good. Man, I don't need you no more. You blankety blank blank. Well, guess what? You become that blankety blank blank. There's a due season for all of us. And what you've been saying will manifest. Why? Because God created you in his image and his likeness to be acting or conducting yourself like God. That's why I told Abraham, you call those things that be not as though they were. When you start speaking all that negative stuff, guess what? It might not come up tomorrow. It may not come up the next day. It may not come up the next week. It may not even come up the next year. But, but get, baby, guess what? It's going to come up. Or else God's a lie. And God said, it is impossible 
for me to lie. So now you've got to watch. Some of you say, watch that. You say, well, I see why my life is so jacked up. I see why I'm going through all this stuff. I, I'm listening to what I've been saying. And I could let it slip and say, you know what? I, I, this is, my stuff is always happening. Oh, really? Ooh, my ends ain't never meeting. Really? Ooh, I'm never going to get over him. Really? You make me sick. Really? And then they come to see you in the hospital. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm sick. <laughs> really? Pastor, it can't be that. It can't. It can't. It can't be that simple. But well, he said it. You can have whatsoever you say. Now, what are you saying? What are you saying for yourself? What are you speaking? What's going on in your life? I have learned to start speaking blessings on myself. I start taking God's word. God, you say, and I know y'all not gonna like this. God, you say you're gonna make my name great. Watch this. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna show you something, okay? And I don't mean to, to brag or to boast. All right? But my God's like God on a breakfast toast. Anyway, I said to God, God, you promised Abraham that you were going to make his name great. Now, God, you also said that these promises for Abraham It's not just for Abraham, but for Abraham's seed. And you told us that we are heirs according to Abraham because we operate in the same faith that Abraham operated in. So God, you're going to make my name great. I know y'all think that's pride, but it's not. You know what? My name is going to be so, no, I'm not brave. I'm just telling you some stuff, okay? Y'all think I'm rich. And I ain't got there yet. But I'm going to get there. Because Abraham was rich. That's too carnal for you, right? Pastor shouldn't say that, should he? Uh huh. I believe that I will owe no man nothing but the loving. I would be debt free. Not even owing a house note. He promised it. Why not claim it? And you're going to sit back and watch it happen. I told y'all years ago when we was all on Craft Road, I'm going to get mine. Don't you let me get mine and you don't get yours. What was mine? This church, this place, this hill that was considered gone. And when I said it, it took me, what, three years getting it. But guess what? You're sitting in it now. It has manifested and you don't even realize it. If I got that one, I'm going for my next thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it, cause my God is doing. It. I'm doing it through Him. Well, well, how are you doing it? I'm walking up right before Him. He made it so simple. He said, "My commandments are not hard; they're not grievous. I don't have to toil. Toil means to sweat, to work hard." Oh goodness, that really messes you up. Scripture says that you toil not. I choose not to toil. I know y'all think I'm bragging, but I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on what he is and what he's done. Ah, oh, goodness. I knew that God could not, cannot, will not lie. He told me his word is the seed. So if I take his word and I plant it in my heart, it's going to produce just what he said it was going to do. I realize that God has a plan for my life. My life is not my own. I'm not trying to live it for me. I'm trying to live it for him and for his glory. That's why I don't try to do what I want to do. I want to do some ugly, nasty, ugly, crazy things, but I'm not going to do it. I know what it's going to cost me if I do. And I know he's not going to get the glory out of it, so why do it? When he created me for his glory. Why should I take his thunder? Jeremiah, watch this. God is going to perform his word. He's going to make it happen. If I keep confessing it, I get it in me, 
He is watching over his word in order to perform. Jeremiah, New, New Living Translation said, Then the Lord said to me, asked Jeremiah, what are you looking at? What do you see? He said, I see a branch of an almond tree, something that's about to bud, something that's about to break forth. He said, and you said it right. And it means that I will, I'm watching, and I will certainly carry out all my plans. Calvin, I'm watching you, and I see you in your spring season. I see you when you go through your summer. I see you when you come through your fall. I watch how you handle yourself through your winter. I see you about to blossom. And guess what? I'm going to perform everything that you asked me to do. I'm watching over you. I'm going to make things happen the way it's supposed to happen. Watch this. There's a fertilization promise. In, 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 in the landscape business I have, I realize that some trees are growing good, but when I want them to really turn green, I put some fertilizer on them. They need to eat. I fertilize God's word by making a confession. Do what he says he's going to do. And I watch him do what he said he's going to do. Watch this. Exodus chapter 23, verse 20 and 22. Behold, I send my angel before thee to keep thee in the way. I, you know what? Sometimes when I want to mess up, I hear something inside me and say, boy, I don't do that. I mess up and say something I shouldn't. God, forgive me. How many of y'all, you, you still tell the story? You don't lie. You tell the story right now. I mean. I find myself and I, I tell a story every now and then. I say, oh, hold on. Let me stop. Uh-uh, God, I was wrong. Let me, oh, God, I, I'm sorry. I ain't going to do that. Uh-uh. I'm the only somebody. All right. Okay. All right. Some of you are lying now and you don't even realize it. Uh-huh. Come out of them demons. Mm-hmm. Ain't the demons messing with you. You keep messing with the demons. All right. Behold, I will send my angel before thee to keep thee in thy way and to bring thee to a place which I have prepared for you, boy. You know how I got here? The angels brought me here. I was about to let this place go and go over there on church road and get that church that they had over there because those folks were the ones who kicked us out of the other church that we was in. So I felt like then they got kicked out. God was giving me that. Even though I had asked God for this, I was going to go get that because my heart was going to show them you don't mess with me. That was pride. And I had to let that pride die out in me and struggle with this place until it died out. And thank God for a Terry McNeil who helped me humble myself. Pastor, you can't do that. You can't tell me what I'm not coming to, what I can't do. I'm pastor. Pride was rising all up in me. Get rid of them and get somebody. Well, pastor, if you do that, you're going to start this whole process all over again. He would never raise his voice at me. Made me mad. Then holler back at me. Give me a reason to fire you, to get rid of you. Can't fire you if you're being nice. Return evil for evil. Come on, let's go. But no, that soft answer turned away my wrath. Made me humble myself and wait on God to deliver. That was too much for you anyway. He kept me. He prepared a way for me, prepared a place for me. Watch this. He's talking about this angel that he's got. He's watching over. Behold, I send my angel before thee to keep thee in thy way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared for you. Now, you got to put yourself there. Beware of him, who? This angel. And obey his voice. Listen to this voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgression. This angel that I've assigned to you is going to lead you in the path that I plan for you, that I prepare for you. Be careful and don't provoke him. Don't make him upset because he will not pardon your sins. He will not forgive you of your transgressions, for my name is in him. He represents me. All of you have an angel. That's trying to make it happen for you. And you're frustrated with your words. He's trying to perform something in your life, trying to bring it to life, and you're saying, I ain't going to never get over this. And he's trying to help you get over it. I'm so sick. 
I'm tired. My ends ain't going to never meet. And he's out there working trying to make your ends meet. You're frustrating him. And God told you to beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not. For he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak. Then I will be an enemy to your enemies. And I'll be an adversary unto your adversaries. Do you hear? Do you hear? If you obey his voice and do all that he speaks, I'll be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary unto your adversaries. I'll fight your battles. I'll make it all work out for your good. I'll make a crooked place straight. Mm. This is the expected outcome of your seed. I know it's time to go. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 6. This is my promise. This is what I expect. If I pay the price and I do what a good steward should, I plow the land and I sow the right seed. These are the promises I can get. If you fully obey the Lord, your God, and carefully keep all his commandments that I'm giving you today, the Lord, your God, will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience blessings, all these blessings, if you obey the Lord, your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crop will be blessed. My children got these blessings chasing after them because of what I'm doing. If the curse can do the same thing, why can't the blessings do the same thing? You put more confidence in a curse than you do in a blessing. I expect my children to be blessed. Because of the seeds that I'm sowing, I expect the blessings just to hunt them down, follow them coming in and going out. Your offsprings, the offering, the offsprings of your herds and the flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and your bread boards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. You're not hearing me. These are seeds. These are seeds. God said, my word is seed. These are seeds. God, my house is blessed. My business is blessed. My church is blessed. My life is blessed. My children are blessed. I'm not going to get up and say, I wonder what they're doing. They're blessed. Well, Miss Sophia, your boy was acting fool, but he blessed. <laughs> Sophia, your boy, girl, he sure has been acting fool. He's been acting fool all his life, and I just don't know what to do with him. One day, God going to get him and get a hold of him. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. No. Sophia, your son acted fool, but he's blessed, baby. He's blessed. That's all you got to say? That's all I want to say. You hear it? You hear it? Stop letting the devil sow seeds. He get in you and you sow the same stupid seeds that he sowed and you expect your child to get better? No, no, no. No, he's blessed. Not only blessed, but I'm going to tell you this. This ain't, this, this ain't going to make you feel too good because I, I know you, you, you want me to sow some bad seeds. But he is highly favored. T.D. Jake said, favor ain't fair. You keep watching him. You keep Mark. Mark this day. He might be a fool this day, but guess what? Tomorrow is a new day. I guarantee you the blessings going to overtake him. Why? Because I'm walking up right before him. And he promised me that he's not going to withhold no good thing from me. Bow your head. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. 
If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.